Welcome back to another episode of The Junction. In today's episode, we're diving into the realm of human resources and how artificial intelligence is shaking things up. So whether you are an HR pro wanting to stay ahead or just curious like the rest of us about the future of work, I think you're in for a treat. All right, Chase, let's talk HR, AI. What's your, what are your initial thoughts? I know, I know you've got a thought for everything. I think way too much about all this stuff. Actually, I was up at 2.30 this morning because uh, my daughter came in and then I couldn't go back to bed. So I was thinking about all these things we were going to be talking about. Yeah. Um, but this is uh, really one of the most interesting use cases for us internally. We have lots of people coming in the door. They want to work here. We want to work with them. Um, but we've got a lot of processes, processes that go into you know how this all works. And if there is any way we can speed it up, we are going to benefit, right? And we can get people that want to work here and that we want to work with in the door faster so we can do better and greater things. Um, this is a, a really interesting area for automation and AI. I remember in the beginning when we were two dudes sitting in the office, we were like, well, we want it to be, you know, really personable. I want to get on the phone and talk with these people. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to send them an email. And when you start introducing automation, it starts to feel a lot less personable, right? Like if you got an automated email for everything and your interview was automated and you're talking to a bot, like that's not a place I want to work. Right. So you have to, you have to, rope in automation and this idea of AI and the recruiting process or, or across the entire, you know, human resource set of processes in a way that keeps it personal because it's not human resources without humans. Right. You know, it's not like AI resources. Let's hope not. <laughs> not there might yet. be a department like that one day, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, th I think as with all of these things, we have to, we have to look at it from a, what are the repetitive tasks that a human is doing and their time is better spent with the candidate. The more that you can automate out the tasks that it takes them to get to the candidate. Cause again, I know HR is, there's a bunch of different functions that HR manages at a company. We're jumping right into recruiting. Uh, we can talk a little bit too about how we're using it, even from a, you know, let's say you're, you've got employees moving on to their next role outside of the company, right? So exit interviews, there's oh, probably yeah. some valuable insights we can use AI for there too. But um, can we also enhance the employee experience, right? Like what can we do once they get onboarded? Are, are there uh, layers of automation and AI that we can leverage without replacing the personal touch, but right. something that gets them onboarded quicker and allows us to spend the hiring manager and the team to spend more time with the candidate so that they can start adding value faster. Right. Yeah. Well, that's that's one area that we've focused in on is giving the people that are talking to prospects more data upfront. Nothing's more annoying for the prospect than to be asked the same questions over and over again. Like, oh, where did you grow up? And then you get asked five times, like, well, why didn't they just like share that information internally? Sure. One of the challenges that we've don't faced. Don't they have a CRM? Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't they take notes? <laughs> exactly. Right? Like, don't they log that or like, <laughs> you know, like talk to each other or something? Um, but when you deal with an, an, an increasing amount of applications, like you just start running out of time to log that down, right? Or transfer that knowledge or put it anywhere for anybody to know. And the only place it ends up being is in the recording of the call. 
Um, so what we've started looking into is, well, let's take that information that's being passed along in that call and have like an automated note taker, right? This idea of, well, they said that they live in College Station, Texas. Well, let's put that down. Let's get the AI to grab that and put it somewhere, right? And alleviate that human from having to keep track of like, okay, did we ask this? Okay, did we ask this? How many times did we ask that? It doesn't matter because now we have that information up up front for that next interviewer to just pick up kind of where they left off. Yeah. Curious, have we done any assessment or thought about use cases before they get the candidate in the door? So kind of like looking at resumes in mass or something like that. I mean, I don't want to get too far down the the rabbit hole of that because obviously we want, we already have automations actually that are helping us do this today, which I think are pretty powerful. Maybe we should talk, spend a couple minutes actually talking about that. So yeah. when somebody comes to the website, they look at all these roles, they apply, what happens? We start tracking as much as we can from that point on. Um, it actually syncs into HubSpot, HubSpot then syncs over to Salesforce, Salesforce then syncs over to Slack. We try to pop that information up to all of those interviewers, the people that are gonna be involved in that process. Um, where where we could be doing more, and this starts to get on the, like the ethical, we're on the, the boundary of ethics, right? Like. HubSpot already tracks all the pages that you go to. So it would be really interesting for us, and we've been looking into this. Like, well, Mel just applied. Well, how much research did she do on us? Did she go to, like, one page? Did she go to any pages at all? Or is she downloading stuff? You know, is she looking at all of our guides? Um, that's really telling that somebody's really actively engaged. And if we can pull that information up to the individuals that are on the phone with them, like, they're going to have this sense of, like, excitement, even without ever talking to them, that this person's really, really engaged or they didn't do anything at all. You know, like they're just looking for a gig. Right. Yeah. So in HubSpot, I can tell you from the marketing seat, I can definitely see when someone visits a number of pages, right? But then being able to pull that into a summarized uh, view for the hiring manager so they yeah. know, yeah, they, they went and visited 10 different Ven at Work blogs to see what it's like to work at Ben. There's, there's obviously some... You know, as you as you start to, if they're consuming content, let's say on YouTube, like I don't have that. There's not some right. connectivity between right. YouTube and HubSpot in that way. Um, usually, what I do when a candidate comes in the office and I have the opportunity to meet them, I ask, you know, how'd you find us? Mm. Sure, I can go look at your HubSpot record and see if you came in through organic search or organic social, right? Or word of mouth if you self-report. Yeah. Because um, again, we don't want to. We you can't trust all your tech. Sure. Right, like it's it gets you so far, but you oh, still have course. to like critically think. So that's one of the things I like to ask. And then I also, especially if I'm interviewing someone, uh, even when they come in the door, let's say we hired them, we do video interviews with new hires, ask them what their experience was like. Mm-hmm. I even come with in with the assumption like I don't know if you've watched any of these videos, right? And I kind of tee it up little ignorant. Right. I'll go, oh yeah, I'm very familiar. And and some you know, it's not always the case. Not everyone, you right. know, pours over the the YouTube channel. But well, they should. Like I did. Yeah. Like I was like, please, I love this place. Can I work there? <laughs> well then you started generating those videos, right? Yeah. With Randall and Co. And now people are watching your videos. Yeah. That's pretty great. But I I'm very interested in this from so again, kind of taking it back to the 
marketing side of the house, we we work with our HR functions a lot around how can we get more information into the recruits' hands before they get on that first mm. phone screen or before they apply, right? Yeah. Not you would like to think that people are out there doing their research and being intentional, but obviously there's I mean, there's also just a lot of folks looking for roles right. and they're if they're applying for tons of different jobs we also can't make the assumption that until they receive an invitation to actually proceed that they're doing that level of research on every company they're applying for. So what I've been doing is working with HR to understand what are the most common questions you're answering on the phone, like every single time. Yeah. How can we obviously deliver that on, you know, in different forms on the website, like they're applying and it, we get all this like cool automation pumped right. into Slack and we see their, you know, uh, LinkedIn profile right there. I can go uh, view their resume, but uh, we're looking at, okay, here's the email they're going to get. We've actually plugged in a personalized video from Scott that says, hey, yeah, I realize it's an automated email. We're an automation company, but here's my personal touch, right? So by even just adding that layer of automation, now our HR team or coordinators don't have to go kind of sift through and say, oh, did I send that email to that candidate that I think we're going to want to go phone screen? Yeah. And then as in talking with with her, I asked, so, okay, beyond the questions you're answering, can you send me a couple transcripts? Like, what are those calls like? So then I popped those into OpenAI. Yeah, I started did. asking, yeah, I started asking questions. Like, why would someone want to work for Venn? And then I was like, wait, hold on a second. Why would a s- senior Salesforce consultant want to work for a company like Venn Technology. And I was like so impressed with the answer it brought me back. And you, you know, obviously you can get specific, give me five reasons. Right. I just let it, left it open-ended, listed out like 10 reasons that were all like very on brand, frankly. Right. And I want to add here, one of my favorite things about my experience in using OpenAI has been the transcript use case because it's so different than going out and asking it questions and having it kind of come up with stuff like sort of the Google search. Right. And that's okay if you do that. I'm I'm just like like jazzed on and now I don't have to go listen to a 30 minute Zoom call. Right. Like it can pull out. I can say pull out quotes. I just uploaded all of our video transcripts from this video series we do called Hired. Yeah. And in that video series we ask like how was your onboarding experience? Do you feel welcome? What's the culture like? Do you have the resources to do your job? I took, I don't know, like six, eight transcripts, put them in there, asked OpenAI to come back with what are all the direct quotes. And next thing you know, I'm like sending that over to you know someone else on my team saying, yeah. hey, here's 38 direct quotes for you to use on social for the year. Like, I mean, that's powerful. Oh, like, absolutely. To go mine those insights and you're not, like sitting yeah. there and then you're copying and pasting it from a transcript into a Google Doc and then it needs to go somewhere else. What do you think people are doing now, right? Like maybe they have no idea that OpenAI can do any of this. Are they just not doing it? Are they doing it by hand? Are they wishing that they could do it? Like where are these people with these similar ideas like, man, if I could only do this, or they're like, there's no way that'll ever happen. You know, let's just move on. Yeah, I mean, I think they're either not doing it or it's manual, right? So before I started playing with it, it was I was taking the transcript, listening back, and then drafting myself or someone on my team is then drafting a blog post based on that. And then we're 
copying and pasting some quotes. We're putting it in a Google sheet and then we're going and putting that into, you know, a design tool, um, which actually we've, we've started to learn that. So Canva is one of the tools that we have in our mix and they're, you know, putting a, they're rolling out AI features all the time. There's this way that you can do like a bulk in mass, you know, give it, here's the quotes, here's my template and it can go auto generate all of your content. And we're not, re- we're not replacing the designer, right? Like we're still designing yeah. the template and the format, but the time that it takes right. to individually do each one, like you still have to go through and clean some stuff up. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know your original question. I just don't think maybe people aren't, it's too laborious to think about going and getting those <laughs> insights. Like why would someone want to work for Venn? And anyone you ask, you might get a different answer. If you pump in yeah. a number of like, I know we say, uh, how many transcripts do you think we really need? Would we need like a hundred, a thousand? Like we don't have that many employees. We really only have the employees that we have here today. So we could ask 25 people. Right. What do you like about working at Venn? Right. But that's like, where am I capturing that information? Yeah. And oh, by the way, I got to make sure I get your role. Yeah. And then I'm having to put that probably in a Google sheet. And then I'm like, well, all the Salesforce consultants at Venn like it because of this reason. Right. It's an excessive amount of time to, yeah. to generate maybe content that I won't say is extremely valuable, but valuable enough to, if we could automate it, then we could really benefit. Mm. What do you think about the idea of looking at these transcripts and, of course, getting insights like, what did they say word for word? But what if you start asking your questions of like, well, are they a good fit? How did they feel about Yeah. You kind of the sentiment, the, the questions, right? Like, is there ethical concerns in your mind of like, okay, Mel came in, right? And oh, she she didn't have a great interview. And this is the AI speaking, right? Like, well, do we should we check what the AI says? And now we got to go listen to the recording and agree with the AI, or do we take the AI, AI as it says? Where are you on that? So we've done this a couple times with some of our like yeah. sales calls, right? And just trying to gauge like sentiment. You know, replicating some of the functionality of some tools out there like Gong. I do think that I know myself as an interviewer, or you know, I'm I'm asking questions, and of course, we all like to think that we're listening, and our mind is a still trap. But it is a good gut check to kind of like, especially if we're naturally more on the optimistic side. I'd say you probably fall into that category of never. You get so excited. <laughs> You know, you, we are so excited to have someone in and then you can kind of have like your rose colored glasses on a little bit. I'm not saying that we should take it at its word, but in general, I think it's another data point. Like right. I don't think you can ignore it sure. because there's wor- there's words that people use and there's connotations for those words. Um, it's also probably, you know, oh, did I ask that question? Yeah. Did I vet them for this? Right. Do you think that someone at this skill level can... Go do this. I mean, I don't know. Like, can you start asking it questions? I haven't, I haven't used it since interviewing someone. I'm just kind of like spitballing with you here. If I was to go hire for someone, I would absolutely love to use it for that to give me some additional insights. Well, now I'm even thinking while we're spitballing, what if I start grading you, the interviewer? Like, how good are you as an interviewer? You know, is that like an ethical? issue that we're looking back at our own employees to determine, well, Mel isn't that great, but with this one candidate, she really was, you know, like, is that something that we 
shouldn't be doing because now we're kind of relying on this third third party, if you will, to tell us about our own employee? I would argue tools like Gong are probably already doing that. There are probably people doing that, mm. right? Because and you can use that as a training tool, right? Right. So, hey, I've noticed, you know, especially as as we start to grow and scale, and you're building out full fledged teams, and you're hiring for the same role. Let's say we're always going to get, you know, if it's like a BDR, and we've got right. like kind of a methodology. Um, making sure that as we continue to bring in managers of that team, that they are asking the questions that have led to successful hires. So you still have to look at, you know, granted, when we, when we were brought in, yeah. right, there, we probably don't have transcripts of that. We, no. We have no. some, you know. Too I've, old. It, too old, right? I've been here almost <laughs> three years, so we don't have the data to go, well, let's go, if we were going to go get another Mel, here's the questions we got to ask. Can we, can we do that? Just need a clone. That'd be great. I'd love a clone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I do think that I hear what you're saying on the ethical concerns, but it's I think it is very valuable from a internal training tool. Yeah. The grading aspect, I don't know how you start to set those thresholds, right? Like I think you need large, large volumes. Yeah. And then again, you have to be able to point to you know, who are our, who are our top performers yeah. in these roles? And then, you know, what, what are the skills that they have today? What did they have when they came in? What types of questions? Who did they meet with? Right. Like, and there's probably just a level of like assessing and just going door to door and asking those questions before you can actually accurately say that was a B plus interview. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you're making me realize is that there's there's kind of two underlying themes here is that we've got a lot of data that amounts to a transcript, right, a call recording. Um, and when you have a lot of those across a vast amount of candidates, there's a lot of insights that you can get. Like maybe all of the transcripts for this one particular role, we can now gain a ton of insight. Right, you know, even from, if they didn't, even if we didn't hire, yeah, right? Is that right. where you're going? Yeah, yeah. It, we didn't hire them, but... Like how knowledgeable were they? Are we mm. targeting the right people? Can they answer the question? You know, if you throw out a really difficult question about some Apex class in Salesforce, right, or some kind of Ruby method or whatever challenging technical question and nobody can answer it of all the transcripts that you have, well, maybe you're asking the wrong questions or maybe you're targeting the right people, the wrong people. Right. And that's those are some of the insights that could be really valuable, but they're really challenging to get because you have to analyze so much data just to determine or even think of these questions that you should be asking of the AI. So kind of bringing this back, to be clear, we haven't operationalized any of this. We are kind of doing these like one-off use cases, right? Um, but bringing it back to other functions of the, you know, the kind of the HR professional, what are some of the other things that some of these tools might be able to do? Do you have any ideas around like enhancing the employee experience or like getting them onboarded quicker? So like we've we've kind of discussed a knowledge base yeah. of sorts. The one of the things that has been uh, really interesting in this either the studies or the headlines is that people are using one particular headline that I remember is in a call center for this onboarding use case, they've seen a lot of potential value in onboarding new people to get them up to speed faster. And I think it kind of related to a chatbot that they trained. They effectively gave the entire knowledge base to a large language model, 
And now this large language model looks a lot like their best agents, right? They, they're the ones that wrote the answers and they know they're correct, right? And now this chatbot's just regurgitating stuff. So as a new agent onboarding, I just got asked a question. I have no idea. Well, they're automatically feeding that question into the AI. The AI is pulling up the correct response like, hey, you should respond like this and here's the link to the answer. Like it will speed up the onboarding process to make your your newbies, right, the people that are just coming in the door, much get much uh, closer to that expert in a much shorter amount of time. I think where you're naturally going to have challenges is where you don't have a knowledge base. You know, a lot of what we do is nobody has ever done this before. So it's not like there's some giant knowledge base, documentation, transcripts of recordings. Like we've never done it before. So it's really difficult to get that AI to look at something and come up with the right answers. Well, I feel like there's a lot that like we're just barely scratching the surface on here, especially as it pertains to uh, recruiting on the backside of it, right? So now you have someone who's come and they've worked and let's say they're moving on to the next thing and we're conducting an exit interview. I think those are, I've always kind of been interested in that because you get sort of, assuming you kind of, people are allowed, you know, kind of let their hair down. They, they don't really have it. They're they're on their next thing, right? right? So um, as long as they're being transparent and open to the process, you can learn some really uh, unique eye-opening things about your business that maybe you didn't know before because I want to say that folks are afraid to say it, but that just, that level of what would happen if I do say it. Yeah. You know, you're you're actively asking me my feedback. and Yeah, your guard's down. So I'm interested in understanding, like, can we, not that we've had a ton of these, right? We've had like a handful, but as we continue to grow and scale, like a lot of the, the people listening out there, growing, scaling companies, you know, can you mine those exit interviews for the same kinds of insights? Like, are there things that we're missing as an organization or things that we can be doing better, right? Like you could be doing this all throughout your entire, we do, you know, we do poll surveys. We ask folks, like we check in, we've got kind of like our own internal satisfaction meters. But I do think, again, with the assistance of a transcript, you might be able to gauge or glean similar insights that we're talking about yeah. as they leave. This this is an idea that we are actively implementing, and it's this ability to ask um, ask the AI, right? Ask this chatbot about this transcript, and I think that's where there is a significant amount of use cases in that one spot. It's it's like active insights, right? Like how did the how did the Exit view or NT, uh, the person that's leaving, right? How did they? How did they feel about it? You know, and you can ask those types of questions that you wouldn't necessarily ask the the interviewee. Like, hey, how did that go? How did they feel? You know, sure. like you can just start asking hundreds of questions. Where if you were the one doing the exit interview, you're not going to want to listen to every question that I could possibly come up with. No, that, I mean we I, we talked about this in our leadership team meeting. Yeah, it came up, and I was like. I don't, I know you guys sent this over to me. I, right now I, I'm not making time for it. What are the cliff notes? Right. And, and then someone on the team went back, listened to calls, took notes, collated that into some insights that went into Slack. Yeah. That was, that was probably like, I don't know how much time that took hour, two hours of somebody's time. Yeah. That's well. you have this idea of insights. Let me, let me ask questions of the transcript. 
And then you have this like predetermined automation slash AI sentiment. Let's ask the same questions of the transcript. And then let's just do that every time, right? Those two different use cases are going to be valuable in their own ways. And when you pair them together, it's going to be even more valuable because you do have folks that don't have enough time to sit down because your calendar, like if we wanted to sit down, well, we can't meet for like, you know, three weeks. Well, the exit interview is long gone from our minds, you know? So I think there's a lot of opportunity there, but all of it starts with really like sitting down and asking, well, if, if we wanted to automate this, right, or if I wanted some AI here, like I need to come up with the use cases. So you have to be thinking through those things. Speaking of use cases, so let's transition into our headlines segment. So found this recent headline, IBM's HR team saved 12,000 hours in 18 months after using AI 18 months. I've been doing this. They're on waiting edge. I mean, I guess it is yeah. IBM. So 18 months after using AI to automate 280 tasks. And we quote, we're spending time on the things that matter. It's something that we say over and over again. I said this in the first episode, right? The goal is to get people back to what they're good at, which inherently means they're doing things that they're not good at. Like nobody is like a natural expert at data manual entry, you know, or replace that with something else. They get good at it because they do it over and over again, but that doesn't mean that they like it, right? 18,000 hours, I mean, sorry, 12,000 hours, 18 months, like that's a significant amount of time that was saved, right? The, those people can now do other things. Now, hopefully they were repurposed, right, for doing more important things, and that's right. kind of the hope and the idea um, but I imagine a lot of these things are automation tasks and less like I need critical thinking on this to deliver an answer, like sentiment analysis. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked, right, if if a lot of these folks are kind of pushing paper, if you will, like clicking the buttons to keep the process rolling. Um, but they went through enough work to determine that it was 12,000 hours, right? If, let's just say it's 100 bucks an hour. It's 120 grand. I mean, that's not that's not small dollars. That's that's a decent amount. Like that's a full time employee, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't. I'd be really interested in understanding the tasks that were automated here. But it's certainly no small. Uh, it's no small claim. You know, like it is a big deal. All right, it's time for our hot take. So I know <laughs> we we here at Van uh, when we bring in almost all candidates. I think have some sort of assessment, right? So like you have your application and then you meet with a few folks who are phone screening, in-person interviews, and then depending on your role. So for me in marketing, it was go away and write a blog. Yeah. Uh, for someone, an integration consultant or a Salesforce consultant, that looks a little different. I don't know what exactly what those assignments are, but with tools like ChatGPT, you know, should hiring managers be concerned yeah. about yeah. these kinds of things? Or I think it depends on what you're wanting that person to come in and do, right? If you want them to come in and write content and you're going to openly say, well, yeah, you can use ChatGPT, right? And you ask them to, you're assessing their skills by having them write their own blog. Maybe you're trying to assess, you're now trying to assess the wrong thing. That's the first thing that comes to mind. You know, you need to reassess your assessments. The second thing that comes up in my mind is that it is possible, for instance, in our in our qualified.io assessments, they couldn't I did this. I typed in the the question that was being asked. 
OpenAI generated code. It was in the correct syntax. It did function, but it didn't function exactly the way it should have. And that gets back to, well, I need to check the work. I think what we're going to run into here is is people are going to use this to effectively generate the answers and they're going to be correct and it's going to look like they're really good. The problem that they're going to have is that they're going to get into the gig and they're not going to be able to do it. You know? So maybe there needs to be a level of, remember back in like grade school when you kind of like turned in your paper and sometimes there was the, how did you get to, how'd you get there? Oh, you yeah. kind of had to present like right. to the class. Oh, that's so, genius. Yeah. So it's do the assignment. Right. And then show me how you got there. Right. And maybe it's, you can use these tools, but maybe you can use ChatGPT. Well, but tell me, tell me what the prompt was, how you got to your research. Why do you think that this is a, why do we need to go after this keyword? Right. Or, I think, I think in person or recorded interviews, oral examination is going to become even more important. Like, sure, I had the bot do the work for me, but you have to understand that the bot, there's this one spot where the bot did it wrong. And if you don't understand the syntax and the, the, the coding language itself and all of the methods and how all this works, like you're not going to be able to spot that problem. And those are the things that you need to hone in on in your assessments of these individuals to determine if they're really good or they're not. Yeah. Another one that really takes me back to college, I took a class that I didn't like, and they were oral exams. So you can't, you can't BS anything. And I remember that the prof but that's how you out. become a good BSer. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> but he called me out. And he's like, you didn't study any of this, did you? And I was mm. like, not really, because I really don't like, I, I didn't say this to him because I didn't want to make him feel bad, but I, I just didn't really like the class. Anyway, I got an F, of course, naturally, because I didn't study. And, but that's going to be like, that's going to be the overriding thing that pops up now is that. Hey Mel, tell me of these concepts. Tell me why you did this, right? And you can't plagiarize that when you're sitting in a room without a computer. Like there's no calculator sure. to, to do the math problem for you. I mean, I remember it was just three years ago when you were interviewing me for this role. And I can only imagine now how that conversation might be look a little different. So you might ask me, well, what's your take on tools like applying chat GPT to marketing? Right. Yeah. And then let's say I'm in favor of it. Okay. So that's going to, how much time is that going to save you and what else are you going to focus on in this role? I mean, I do think that it, you could actually have some really powerful conversations with recruit or candidates if you ask those kinds of questions. Again, it's not going away. These, the AI functionality is, whether we like it or not, just being rolled out left and right in app. Mm. Like, even if you're not out there using ChatGPT, odds are the multiple, many apps you're using to do your job. Right. Have some level of AI yep. that you didn't say. It's it's you too didn't late. turn on or off. The it's boat's there. already left. It's right? left. You, you either need to <laughs> swim to the boat and get on, right, or you can stay back there, you know, in the back of the bus. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's a wrap for today's episode. But hopefully, um, for anyone who's kind of either a hiring manager, I mean, even if you're not in an HR function, um, hopefully you kind of got some ideas for how you might be able to leverage AI to. Uh, enhance that recruiting experience, um, enhance the employee experience once they, once they come on board. We, I don't think that your job's going away if you're in HR. I think that the one thing that I've taken out of our conversation today, and it just happened at the very end, kind of like a little simple light bulb moment for me was we will now have more brain power. Because you said there still has to be like that oral examination. Right. If you're running, like I've been in that place where you're running from meeting to meeting to meeting, and you're 
like you get to a point where, you know, your battery's low and the level of brain power that you're able to apply and level of critical thinking, that's probably a better way to say it, Mm. is less. Like hopefully by automating some of these tedious things that burn us out and frustrate us, we're able to be more present with people. Yeah. And to give them an honest, like authentic chance. The um, human element. The human element. Yeah, I that's what I hope. So we want to know what questions or thoughts you have on the topic. So email us your take at the junction at ventechnology.com. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm going to say this again until next time. Keep exploring, stay curious and embrace the power of AI. It's not going anywhere. Keep it automated. <laughs>